The following podcast contains spoilers for The Rental. You have been warned! What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Nick Gamma Ghost Out. That's a me. Oh, I already forgot to do something. Oh, <laughs> oh no, he's he's floating away. Help. <laughs> and I'm floating back. Hey, there he is. How you doing? Um, I am not bad. I'm <laughs> I'm a little late to the podcast. Just a little bit. I um normally we we record these bad boys at nine and uh i was like eh, maybe i'll take a quick nap at like six you know work was a little not too rough but it was just enough to where i was a sleepy boy and my ass was asleep i'm talking i'm i'm sweating my ass off i'm drowning in the temperatures yeah. right now uh but hey other than that i'm, I'm absolutely Vibing. <laughs> yeah, I I stopped taking naps because I hate waking up. So I decided to stop making myself wake up twice. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's just two things that I hate in the day. And so now I only have one thing I hate in the day. So, so normally, uh, normally they like my naps don't last like an hour or less. Yeah. Like my quick version of a nap, sadly, is like two hours. Mm-hmm. So like I thought I had a window of time. Like ah oh, fuck yeah, I got three hours. Why not? No, my ass was, I was ready for the eternal death, honestly. <laughs> yeah, apparently, I don't know. Yep. You gotta love um, that eternal death. But, Mike, I watched a movie. <laughs> Ooh, I know for a fact you watched a movie because you talked to me about it briefly. <laughs> yes, But something sir. tells me it's not any of the two that you're supposed to watch. <laughs> it's it's not, it's not. <laughs> um, I was going to watch one today, but I was like, man, like, quick nap. I'll fucking knock that out real quick. And then <laughs> I'd knock myself out real quick. But yep. uh, obviously we watched our Thursday movie, and that was Shazam Fury of the Gods. Mm-hmm. We had some thoughts about that. Mm. Yeah. And they're on a video. So mm-hmm. think about it. Yeah. Maybe you should watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I was like, you know, I'm a little bored. I don't play. I don't feel like playing any video games. So I, I, I kicked up a little, a little movie, uh, without being told to watch one. <gasps> How, oh, and it was called The Sting, and it had Paul Newman, and Robert Redford, and a bunch of other people in it. Yes. Um, it's actually like a great movie. Is uh, for the most part. Now there was a problem, at least with the first half of the movie, where it was just out of focus most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, it would just be, like, a normal standard medium shot of Robert Redford or Paul Newman, and, like, it would be, like, focused on, like, their ear and, like, yeah. the background, but not their actual face. But other than that, it was a it was a good heist movie. Uh, I feel like it could have been a little bit better, maybe, like, a little uh, more focused on... Paul Newman's character, but I guess that would take away from the mystery of is Paul Newman doing this for himself, or is yeah. you know are they in on it? But uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was fantastical in ways. It felt like an, a little Italian job, but only with uh, two main people that they focused on. They didn't focus on too many others. But I thought it was good. And then, of course, the rental, which we shall get into in just a moment when you're done yes. dying. <laughs> <clears throat> I was trying to hold that in so much. Uh, you did yeah, do it. I, I watched 13 movies, you know, getting back to my normal self. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one I watched is Stillwater, a movie with Matt Damon. 
mm-hmm. uh, and uh, um, oh god, what's her name? Abigail Breslin. Yes. Uh, it's based very loosely on the Amanda Knox story. Kind of made a lot of headlines because she's tired of people taking her story without her permission. Fair, fair mm-hmm, enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say that uh, she's wrong for that because that would probably bother me too. Uh, but essentially, this uh, father uh, who's from Oklahoma and kind of like a roughneck, uh, you know, hardworking man, uh, not really what you would consider cultured. Yeah. Uh, goes to Paris to try to help get his daughter. Or not Paris, sorry, it's uh, it's Marseille, uh, in France, trying to help his daughter get out of prison. Who's in there for the murder of uh, her roommate, which she says she's innocent of. Um, it uh, it's a fine movie, better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, the best part about this, it's a nice little detail. Uh, so he's like you know hardworking man, uh, not someone that would probably be open to many cultural things uh Mm -hmm. so anytime he gets food in france he gets subway uh (laughs) which you know is absolutely what would happen for someone like that so i thought i thought that that was a nice little detail they didn't like point it out or anything it's just anytime he was walking with food it was from subway uh so yeah i thought that was a nice little touch but fine movie overall nothing crazy to write home about but you know better than i thought it was gonna be uh then with my boy my baby child Mm -hmm. uh, i rewatched wolf walkers because uh, the last time I watched it, he was but a, a baby, baby child. A like, small lad. Yeah, I think he was only six months old when we last watched it. Um, and he absolutely loved it this time around. He was, like, laughing and, and you know, getting excited whenever there's wolves on, on the screen and everything. Mm-hmm. Which is great, because I'm so tired of watching Encanto. I, uh, I don't blame like, you. <laughs> we watch Encanto so much, I stopped marking every time i watch it and so <laughs> just assume that i watch it at least once a week so yep. i'm glad i'm glad to watch any other kids movie than Encanto. i don't hate Encanto. i'm just tired of seeing it that's um, uh that was the goofy movie for my mother <laughs> yeah i mean goofy movie is a fucking classic and your mother's lucky that that's what she got to watch yeah uh <laughs> anyway uh yes yeah, so that's wolf walkers then i watched a, a series a new series uh, called History of the World Part 2. Of course, it is based off of Mel Brooks's History of the World Part 1. Uh, spin off of that, sequel of that, if you will, but it's not a movie, it's a series. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's essentially like comedic actors today kind of doing the same thing that he did for History of the World Part 1 in 1981, uh, telling st- stories loosely based off of history but going absolutely crazy bonkers. Uh, less historically accurate, of course, than Drunk History. That's probably more historically accurate than this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's fun. It's getting kind of ripped apart on Letterboxd, and I don't want to sound old, but I I think <laughs> it's because... Followed up by something sounding old. Well, no, I think it's because Gen Z doesn't understand Mel Brooks. Yeah. Like, Mel Brooks, if, to someone who doesn't know better, Mel Brooks is probably sounds offensive. Mm-hmm. But he's satirical. About yep. everything, like uh, Blazing Saddles, uh, everyone says they couldn't make that today. They're right in a certain way, but it's not saying anything bad. It's just pointing out how stupid racism is. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, with history of the world, uh, it does have some, you know, cheeky parts, if you will. And I think a lot of uh, Gen Zers probably don't quite understand that, but it's it's all in fun. You know, he's he's a. Uh, a man uh, who uh, is known for doing like pushing the envelope on stuff and 
this is no different. He had a very minimal part in it. He was like the narrator and I think producer. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really fun. Highly suggest people check it out. I, I laughed a lot every single episode. Uh, then watch Shazam Fury of the Gods. We have a review for that on the YouTube, as Glenn said previously. Mm-hmm. Then I rewatched History of the World Part 1 because I watched History of the World Part 2, and I was like, you know what? I haven't seen History of the World Part 1 in probably about 10 years, so I rewatched History of the World Part 1. <laughs> still great. Still Mel Brooksy. Yeah. Still, uh, yeah, yeah. Things That's a happen. cute little name for him, too. What, Mel Brooksy? Mel Brooksy. Yeah. Uh, then with my boy, my mm. baby child, we watched wow. George of the Jungle because Brendan Fraser had just recently become an Academy Award winning actor. Mm-hmm. And I love George of the Jungle as a kid, so I wanted to rewatch it. And honestly, uh, better than I thought it would be, like going back. You know, sometimes it's a little risky going back to watch your favorite movies as a kid. Yeah. Uh, it is very, like, meta. Yeah. Like the 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 narrator in it is like saying a bunch of things, like leading up to things that it's it's hard to explain, but it's very meta and knows it's a movie throughout the entire movie, and it's it's just kind of fun. A lot of fourth wall breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan Fraser is great, of course. Uh, Leslie Mann is is I don't want to like say gorgeous, but she's gorgeous. She's she is she's gorgeous great. in this. She's she's very. She's got a great personality in this in, the, in that movie, and uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed rewatching it. Um, Thomas Hayden Church, he's great as usual. He's an underutilized actor, underappreciated actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Then I watched The Rental. We'll get into that in a minute. Then I went to the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville and saw The Quiet Girl. It was one of the films that was up for Best International Feature uh, with All Quiet on the Western Front this year. It is from Ireland. Uh, it has the Irish language as the primary language in it, not English. It's the Irish language, yeah. uh, and it. Oh, God damn, talk about a, a a heartbreaking but feel good movie at the same time. I don't even um, think I heard of it. It's fantastic. It's about this little girl who uh, um, grows up. She's like the black sheep of a big Catholic family that has like five kids or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. And her mom, like, uh, you know, she she's kind of she's not a troublemaker, but like she's harder to take care of because she is neglected. So she's got like a lot of issues with her. Like she's quiet and kind of wanders off a lot. Uh, so because her mom is pregnant with like a six sibling or whatever, I don't know the exact count, but it's a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. They send her to a cousin who um, watches over her and. I tell you, the thing that I love about movies nowadays that I feel like was missing from the past 90 or so, whatever years, there are a lot of movies focusing on human kindness lately. And I fucking love it because it's something that like shocks me every time I see it where I'm just like, man, these people are really nice. You're just expecting something bad to happen the entire time. And it's not that bad things don't happen, mm-hmm. but it's it's just it's very real. And it's not like people being malicious or anything. It's just like misunderstandings or or you know mistakes made and everything yeah uh and just i love seeing movies about kindness and i feel like that was missing from film for a very long time and i'm glad to see that it's all coming back to that yeah i haven't even heard Uh, of this movie looking at it now i i highly suggest it it it, uh yeah it's it's a beautiful movie i don't want to give too much away but let's just say there is a part (laughs) with a cookie that is enough to make a grown man cry 
About to cry my ass off <laughs> that cookie. <laughs> but yeah, that's The Quiet Girl. Highly, highly recommend that. Uh, then I continued on with my Ingmar Bergman collection and watched a film called Shame. Uh, mm-hmm. It is about this couple who lives on an island in... I don't know if it's supposed to be Sweden, but essentially uh, it's like this civil war going on that because they're on this island, they're not expecting to be a part of. Uh, yeah. But then like the fighting starts happening on their island and things go to shit and everything. It's a fantastic movie about like the civilian cost of war and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Shame. So I highly suggest people check that out. Uh, 1968 with... Uh, uh, Max von Sydow and Liv Ullman, I believe, is her last name. Um, I've watched like nine of her movies this year, so I don't know why I can't remember her last name, but I'm pretty sure it's Liv Ullman. Uh, but yeah, highly suggest people check it out. Then I watched a film called A Field in England, um, a film by, I believe his name is Ben Whitley. Uh, this is essentially just a bunch of guys wandering around a field trying to find treasure, and one of them's like the devil. Or something. It's very uh, weird. Naturally, I think we should start doing that. Yeah, uh, it's it's very weird. Uh, very low budget. Mm-hmm. I don't hate it, but it's a little too. I don't know. It, it's a, the pacing is all off. Uh, yeah, it's it's slow to a fault. Whereas, like, I feel like if it was a forty-five minute short film, it would have been great. But it just drags on a little too long. Uh, then I went to the Regal Mystery movie uh, of uh, March, which was on the 20th, uh, yep. and it was that movie Paint with Owen Wilson that wow. is is not based off of, um, what's his name, Ben Ross? <laughs> Bob Ross? Bob Ross. I don't know why I thought Ben. It's not based off of Bob Ross, but his hair and everything and the way he talks about painting is, is inspired by Bob Ross. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a completely different film. Very dry humor throughout. Uh, it's kind of like if Bob Ross had a big ego that this movie would be what, what it was. Okay. Um, it's a fun movie. You know, I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it, but I, I enjoyed watching it. Uh, so yeah, that's paint for when that comes out. Then continuing Ingmar Bergman's collection. I watched the passion of a- uh, Anna, uh, which is a movie about a divorced man and a widow. And they kind of, the widow is got some mental trauma or, uh, you know she's been through a lot and it's uh they start living together and you see that like someone on the island is starting to kill animals and it might be her might not be her you don't know fucking rat bastards yeah uh but fantastic film uh one of the funniest endings in the world it's not <laughs> it's not funny it's only funny if you're if you speak English, because the Swedish word for the end is slut, which is spelled mm. slut. Yeah. So anytime you watch a, fil- a Swedish film that has the end at the end, it just says slut, which, mm-hmm. you know, takes you out of it. It just really injury. makes you feel like you're like, oh, wow, I, maybe I shouldn't have watched their movie if they could call me that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I, I hate that it makes me laugh every time I see it because I'm an immature <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> But, you know, but great film, uh, you know, even with that in it, you know, I'm not making fun of the Swedish language. My mother's side of the family is Swedish. Uh, so, you know, I have a soft spot. I can't believe you would Swedish. make fun of yourself like but that. But it's That's... just, it's, it's, it's slut. It's the word slut. It's, it's yeah. funny when it's not being used to hurt someone. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so yeah, that's Passion of Anna. And then the last thing I watched was a documentary by Ingmar Bergman called Faro Document. Uh, Faro is the island that a lot of his movies take place on and that he wrote a lot of his movies on. Uh, he just was kind of like inspired by the island. So he made a documentary about it and how about the state at the time of the Swedish government was hurting uh, the residents of that island. A really inter- interesting documentary and uh, suggest people check that out if they get a chance. Uh, that's all I watched. Sorry it took so long, but we do have one bit of sad news before mm-hmm. continue on to the rental. Uh, of course, by the time this comes out, this will be old news, but uh, Lance Reddick unfortunately passed away on, I believe it was the 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, he was only 60 years old. Uh, John Wick 4 is coming out, um, and uh, will probably be out by the time this comes out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I absolutely loved him as an actor. I thought any time he was on screen, I got excited because he just, like, grabbed your attention. Yep. Uh, and he's also got such a great sense of humor, too. Like, he always did things that, like other actors who take themselves too seriously wouldn't do yeah, he was uh, on funny or die he was on eric andre show yeah just a bunch of different stuff yeah and he was a pretty big gamer he uh he yeah. was in in the game destiny and uh, i guess apparently like the night before he died he like beat their new dlc like most likely like was playing the new dlc and beat it so and he was he was in the game and he was very passionate about the game. Yeah, that that, that's he, always he cool. He died to be. playing it. Well, at least the night before he died. Yeah, it's um, crazy. And of course, you know, there's been lots of fans giving paying tribute to him. Uh, players of Destiny have been going to where his character is and just kind of having like moments of silence and saluting mm-hmm. him and everything. It's uh, you know something that if you told people 20 years ago would have seemed weird, but now it's just kind of sweet. Yeah. That that's happening. Uh, you know, a, a nice way to pay tribute to someone you're a fan of. Of course, my favorite role of his was as Christian DeVille in the, the Comedy Central series um, Corporate, which he played this evil CEO that was just kind of hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people haven't seen Corporate, I highly suggest that. Um, and, of course, he was in... Uh, he was... Is, I forget if it's uh, Char, uh, Sharon or Ch- Charon or Charon. Um, it's C-H-A-R-N, R-O-N, I don't know how to pronounce that because I'm stupid, uh, but yeah, on the John Wick series. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he will be missed, and uh, yeah, great great loss of talent for, for the world. An absolute legend. Absolutely. Uh, but yes, with that in mind, I guess we shall move on to The Rental. rent a vacation home for what should be a celebrity oh wow oh my god celebratory weekend getaway you were close 
Uh, I'm going to blame that on me being tired. Uh, <laughs> directed by Dave Franco, also written by Dave Franco, Joe Swanberg, Mike Dembski. It stars Dan Stevens, Allison Brie, uh, Sheila Vand, and our, board, or our boy, Jeremy Allen White. I thought you were going to say our Lord Jesus for a our second. Our good old Lord Jesus, uh, Jeremy Allen White. Toby Huss is also in there. You know, shout out to Toby Huss, one of the more famous character actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's in it, and also of course the confetti cop from Everything Everywhere All at Once, Anthony Molinari. Uh-huh. Uh, he's in it as well. Uh, Sheila Vand, I found this out after I watched it. Uh, we have reviewed four of her movies on this podcast. Um, we talked about We the Animals, of course, which uh, is on the KFR shelf. Uh, excuse me while I go, go through this Prospect, yeah. which is on the shelf. Uh, there's other two others I know. Um, God damn, why <laughs> why didn't I write them down? Did I write them down? I don't no. know. Did you write them down? I did not because I'm. That is I'm a sad. Oh, Triple Frontier. Yeah, uh, we we talked about that. Uh, maybe it was only oh four, including the rental. So this is the fourth of of the ones that mm. we've seen of her. Uh, I know at least two of those have made the shelf. We'll find out if a third does or if a fourth one does, because I don't remember if Triple Frontier did or not. Um, I guess but, we'll uh, find out. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting, because, you know, Dan Stevens, of course, is an apostle, which I talk about every every single uh, yep. <laughs> every week. Uh, but, yeah, just a little fun fact. Um, this, my very first thought that I had when watching this, uh, when they introduced the dog, Reggie, uh, played by the lovely incomparable Chunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a great did, name. Chunk did so uh, good. Yeah, he did. He, he he was such a good boy or <laughs> girl. I don't know if they ever mentioned if it's a boy or a girl, but such a good dog. Um, but I said, if the dog fucking dies, dot, dot, dot. And that was my very first note. And uh, for a while, we thought that he might have. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was really scary, and it was nice to see that he popped up at yeah. at the end. I did also. not give a shit about any of these act these these human characters, but goddamn, oh damn, my god, no! You gotta save Reggie. You gotta save Reggie. They didn't even get one good close up with Reggie, and I was very sad about it. I yeah, at least Dave wanted Franco. to act like I was gonna pet. Dave my Franco, here's some directing advice: if you have a dog in the scene, you gotta mm-hmm. do a close up. You gotta. I want to see you that. Gotta that, do a close-up. that chunky face. Yeah. Show us that chunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, you know, this movie I liked for the most part uh, mm-hmm. until the end. We can get into that later. But I, I really kind of liked the slow pace uh, throughout the majority of this. There are some parts where it was kind of annoying, but it kind of started to pay off. Uh, yeah. And then in the end, it just kind of ruined it for me, um, which I, I can talk about more in a minute. But uh yeah, so this movie, like, I, 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 it was going really, really high up on my, uh, my enjoyment, and then it just plummeted towards the end, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was really the biggest uh, issue I had with it is that I was enjoying it, and then it just, bleh, no, no, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, same here. For a, a good portion, I was just like, yeah, this, this isn't bad in any way, but you know it. It could be forgettable, but uh, yeah. I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, okay, okay, it's not bad, it's not bad. And then the ending happened, and I was like, well, that kind of ruined the whole thing, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. 
I don't, I don't know what the the process in, in the writing there was, but uh, it wasn't a fan of how they yeah. uh, went through with it. Um, so this is a movie that I had you I had you pick out a number, and you, you picked, stole my my formula. I did. I had a bunch. I'm like I could pick any one of these today, but I'm indecisive as fuck. Uh, and this one came up. Uh, there's no real reason for it. It was just on Netflix, and I thought it looked at least decent enough to give it a, give it a whirl. A nice, yeah. uh, nice little kind of uh, horror movie that uh, we haven't really watched in a while. I feel like. Yeah. And it's a pretty small cast, and we love Jeremy Allen White. We do. Um, he's great. I love everyone involved in this movie. But he um, was kind of a fucking annoying in this. Yeah. Um, him and his girlfriend yeah everyone was kind of annoying in this uh Mm -hmm. the the whole movie is just filled with tropes which was kind of my biggest problem even when i was enjoying it i was like man that's a trope uh like of course first of all they have like uh toby huss's character who's like the creepy racist dude uh Mm -hmm. that's in every horror movie it's a little different because they're in his property throughout the film yeah so i was like uh, willing to give that a pass And also, uh, back in the day, might still even be a thing, Uh, there was the controversy of of, uh, Airbnb hosts denying people with ethnic names. Yeah. Um, So so there was that bit of realism. But then, like, it it has all the uh, stupid tropes, like uh, Dave Stevens and Sheila Van's character having an affair while they're... Uh, put some respect on his name, Dan Stevens. Dan, oh, sorry, Dan Stevens. I know a Dave Stevens. That's yeah. why I said Dave <laughs> Stevens. Uh, Dan Stevens and Sheila Vand. They have like an affair, and when they're, you know, their spouses are asleep. First of all, I don't care the amount of drugs you fucking do. Mm. do having an affair is the dumbest thing, especially if you don't like. If you actually still care about your spouse. It's one thing if you're like, oh, I don't care about him anymore. Uh, first of all, you should just divorce him or leave him or whatever before doing anything. Because uh, mm-hmm. it's just the kind thing to do. But, you think? Uh, if you do like them like they seem to like their spouses, uh, just don't. Or specifically, don't do it while they're 15 feet away from you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, and, uh, there's this little thing called masturbation. It's a hell of a mm. thing. You get most of the sensations from sex, but by yourself. Without, nice little piece of serotonin in your hand. Without breaking any bonds or anything. Uh, so so it was just, I, I, I don't know. It's just really, it just added to the annoyance of their characters. Mm. Where it just made them the worst. Like, And, and even to the point where... Uh, when they were like, I normally don't have a problem with people doing drugs in, in in general. Like, if you want to do drugs, I don't drink or do drugs or anything. It's just my choice. I don't like things that change the way I feel or think. Mm-hmm. Um, and when so when they started doing drugs, I was like, oh god, another trope. Just them doing drugs, and it's just so. It made them even more annoying than they were and of course that led the affair which made them even more annoying and they're like oh how are we gonna hold it's just filled with so many tropes that and it's it'd be a shock for anyone listening to me right now to know that i did enjoy this movie (laughs) up until the last 20 minutes what was really annoying about it was now uh jeremy allen white's character has a past from what i can remember i don't remember what the exact past was They, they said that much He's in jail for something. It feels like he's supposed to play like a drug addict at, in this. I don't think they actually. I just don't recall. Um, but it feels like he was maybe like a drug addict or something. And then <laughs> his sister-in-law whips out drugs. I'm like, mm, I feel like that's not 
it's not a good idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Judging by how he just kicked, like whooped Toby's at hu- Toby Huss's uh, Toby Huss's ass, yeah, with no real reason other than he saw him in a confrontation with Sheila, mm-hmm. makes me think that maybe he beat someone up in a bar or something. Maybe uh, just anger issues. Yeah, definitely anger issues because you know those were were like if someone is a drug addict uh, or you know caught with drugs, they're more likely to not. Actually, I haven't. I'm saying that without knowing. If it were me, I'd be more likely to not want to do drugs again. Uh, but you know, I'm a rational human being. But it's also say, easy saying that when I don't do drugs in the first place. So I don't know. I don't fucking know. Don't listen to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I kind of took it as him. He, he had beat someone up in the past, and uh, that, that's when uh, it became a problem. I also um, knew immediately that I would not like Jeremy Allen White's character because he says bro bro a lot in the first like twenty minutes. Oh yeah. And a lot is in more than once. <laughs> he says You gotta Now with him him in the bear, he's like, Hey cousin. I was fully ready for him to say cousin at some yeah. point in this. But it, this was annoying because he was bro bro. Yeah. And I was like, I get sh- sh- shut the fuck Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> says bro, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he he was kind of annoying. The least annoying person was probably Allison Bree. Yes. Um, she just felt like a mom the entire time. Like, it's, I mean, it's just the way she talks, too. The way she talks, it just feels like a mom talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know why. I, I, can't, I couldn't tell you why. But and just, she was the most normal person in this whole movie. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, she wanted to do drugs, but, like, she wanted to do them when she was ready to do them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she was the most responsible out of them all. Um, she was the only sane one when Jeremy Allen White actually beat up Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, by the way, it was completely obvious from the get-go that Taylor was not going to be the issue. Yeah. That's another uh, horror trope where it's like the first person they show is not the bad guy. Um, so I just was on Allison Bree's side the entire time. I'm like, as much as you love your brother, Dan Stevens, he mm-hmm. should go to jail. Yes. Like, even even if uh, it was the, the strange man that killed him, uh, Jeremy Allen White certainly didn't help by beating the shit out of him. Uh, no. So he should go to jail slightest. for at least assault and battery. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or for saying bro, bro. But I haven't decided that bro, fully bro, yet. Yeah. But yeah, and then Allison Bree being the only one saying, like, we need to call the police. I'm like, yes, you should. Mm-hmm. And if they did, they'd probably all still be alive at that point. Yeah, like, the only... Honestly, Jeremy Allen's white, his, his character, for the most part, was fine. Except for the bro-bro thing and obviously beating that man to a pulp. Yeah. Um, but Allison Bree and uh, Jeremy's characters were f- mostly fine. I feel like he... The Jeremy's character could have had a little more depth, but Dan Stevens and, and huh? Oh, Jeremy, yeah, sorry. Um, I feel like Dan Stevens and Sheila's characters were just irredeemable. In yeah, every they were way. just they were just. Uh, I mean, even from the like, I thought that they were together in the opening shot where she's like clinging all over him. That's not something you do with a business partner, like yeah, or just, a brother-in-law, <laughs> or or brother-in-law. Yeah, I mean. I can get being close, but like they, yeah, they look like they were dating. I don't like do that with my dating, brother-in-law. That's for sure. Especially in the in the begin, like the very beginning, when they're like, "Oh, this will be perfect for us." Yeah. Like, and you're like, "Oh, for those two, I guess they're dating." And then Jeremy's character comes in, and he's like, "Hey, babe, yeah. 
I'm like, ooh. And that might have been done on purpose to make Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, it probably was done on purpose, but it just didn't work the way I think they thought it was going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just, you know, there's a whole bunch of gaps in logic uh, and and just jumping to conclusions and with things. Um, and one, one thing, I know we keep knocking on him, but when Jeremy Allen White finds out that Toby Huss's character is dead uh, and he thinks that he killed him, he said, how did he die from that? It's like, how do you become an adult human without <laughs> knowing that a single punch to the head could kill someone if it's in the right spot and does the right damage? Yeah, like, you, you got to give it to him at least a little bit because you're like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I, yeah. He was just probably in denial or some shit. That's which, true. Like, which but was like, fine. I, I, like, to... to this is the thing that like you only see teenagers doing that challenge of punching strangers and then running away <laughs> because they're too stupid to realize that one single punch can kill someone. Yeah. Uh, adults know that. So, you know, mature adults are less willing to fight because they don't want to accidentally kill someone and then go to jail mm-hmm. uh, or just, you know, live with the guilt of killing someone. So when he said that, I was just like, dude, you are so I mean, it's kind of on character. So I get that. But it was just added to the annoyance. And. Again, I legitimately like this movie. I don't know why I'm just shitting there's, on it. Cause well, I've, the the biggest problem is with this movie is that there's so many things that not to like about it that it's yeah. hard to talk about the things you do like about it. Like yeah. we could try right now. Like uh, for the most part, everybody was like fine as far as acting yeah. goes. Um, I mean, I feel like it, they were supposed to annoy you. Yeah, like it was written to where the the characters are supposed to annoy you. Um, and it was supposed to set up for for like the ending of where it, it wasn't Toby Huss's character that is you know fucking everybody up. Um, mm-hmm. And the problem with that though is that they never introduced another character to make you think or like put any mystery into oh it wasn't Toby maybe it's this other guy or this other yeah. person maybe like for for a little bit you're like oh maybe it's uh, Toby's brother. Maybe Toby's brother is in on it. And that would have been way more interesting than what it was. Which, 100%. Is, just a, which is just a random guy that was going around doing it. Yep. Um, the, there was no lead up to the, like another person being other than Toby's brother, but like he never popped up during the whole thing. Yeah. And like you see the fig like a figure of somebody being around, but you never see a person. Yeah. And like, then it, it leads up and it's just some guy who was Airbnb. And he sets up everything, cameras and all this shit, and just these guys are victim to him just wanting to fuck them up. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really just kind of. There's nothing redeeming about it because there's no, like, there was no mystery for it. You're like, oh, it's, yeah. just, it's just some random dude. <laughs> yeah, which you know, in real life is terrifying, but in a movie, it's like, yeah, oh, but okay. it's it's late. It felt lazy to me. It is, sadly, it is lazy because. They didn't. They could have added some sort of line. Uh, we had this weird uh, renter uh, a couple of months ago. You know, he was kind of giving some weird. That vibes. would have been great. That would Anything. have been fantastic. Because you know, one of the, one of the most important rules of writing is setting things up. Like every, mm-hmm. whenever uh, people talk about a, uh, a movie that they didn't see the ending coming, mm-hmm. chances are, unless you're, you're like a teenager. Uh, or you don't see a lot of movies to pick up on things. Chances are that it's just poorly written. The mm-hmm. the biggest example I can think of this, uh, I believe, is actually no, it's not. Never mind. It has Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, the movie Now You See Me. 
Yeah. With Mark Ruffalo, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, Woody Harrelson, I think, is in it. Um, a whole bunch of people are in Rachel it. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Uh, oh. And, and uh, so a lot of... The, the ending of it, spoiler for Now You See Me if you haven't seen it, but I'm telling you, it's not worth your time. Uh, <laughs> the the ending for Now You See Me, you're you're following these, these uh, thief magicians the entire time doing these impossible feats, which is dumb as in itself, like stopping rain. Mm-hmm. It'd be more interesting if it was like real illusions, not like stupid shit like stopping rain, which is impossible. Um, <laughs> but uh, Mark Ruffalo is chasing them. He's an FBI agent who's chasing them. And then uh, they're talking about the entire time, oh, who's this person that's helping us out, blah, 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 blah. And at the end, uh, Mark Ruffalo, who goes way harder than he needs to for his job mm-hmm. and uh, provides no rhyme or reason or or anything to hint that he might be the person helping them ends up being the person helping them and everyone was like oh my god there was such a crazy ending i didn't see it coming you didn't see it coming because it was literally impossible for the film yeah. like within the world of the film mark ruffalo being the person that is helping them was an impossibility not an improbability an impossibility Whereas there, going to another Mark Ruffalo film with Shutter Island, that was a twist you didn't really see coming. Uh, with with Leo's character in a way. Well, I disagree. I kind of saw it coming. What? Yeah. It was louder than I meant it to be, and I'm here for it. Yeah, but so but like good movies will hint at the twist somewhere around the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh and this didn't do that. Now you see me didn't do that. I will fight tooth and nail to anyone who liked that movie. Yeah, yeah you can enjoy the movie, but it's a shitty fucking movie. Uh, sorry, that was a bit harsh. Um, but anyway, so yeah, good movies will uh, give you hints uh, as to what's happening. And they're not trying to trick you. They're trying to like help you guess it along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like not everything needs to be mind blowing. Even the sixth sense that that was hinted throughout the entire thing to the point when where you watch it, it's so obvious. Uh, yeah. But, so this and, and that that's what's supposed to happen. It's supposed to be so obvious on the second viewing. Yeah. Uh, and and this just wouldn't be because it just is a thing that happens. And that it, makes it, it very would have at least done some justice if they at least talked about previous. I guess tenants. I guess. Yeah. Um, or showed a list of previous tenants. Yeah. But like not if, talked if, about them. If the mansion was open for every single day, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, how is this gorgeous place open for every single day?" And then uh, they go there, and the the person uh, instead of him being creepy was just like, "Yeah, it's it's just uh, you know, there's been a lot of reports lately of of people going missing around here." Uh, you know, the, we've had some guests complain that someone had been watching them, uh, from like outside, like through the windows and everything. If it hinted at stuff like that, that would be way more interesting than just, oh, it's just random guy that we're not going to show until the last 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's kind of, it's kind of a cop out. And then even then, if it was, if they talked about, if it was the guy's brother, that would have been more interesting than just some random guy. Um, but yeah, there's, there's that. <laughs> Yeah. But it does have good cinematography. Yeah, the good cinematography and as far as like watching it, you you don't get bored with it. Yeah. To yeah. say. But I mean you, the get, ending, you get disappointed. You get disappointed you get, in the yeah, end. Yeah. The dis- it's disappointing. Like for I'm still kind of struggling with a score on it. Um, but for the most part, I didn't hate watching it, but the ending yeah. dropped it down from what probably would have been a three 
Yeah. To, to I, a two and a half, probably. I was a three until the last bit, and then I dropped it to a two. Ooh. Um just because I, I was very upset that they ruined a movie that I was actually kind of enjoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the biggest crime of all, of course. I think the best part of, about it is that because it was underwhelming, the good news is it's an hour and a half where it probably could have used like maybe 10 minutes of just developing this character that only just kind of pops up. Yeah. Or just finding a way to do something with it. Um, but I mean, luckily it doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. So that's, that's nice short, at least. So that's definitely good. Um, but going back to the cinematography, that scene where Alison Breeze broken down and, you see uh, the guy in the mask charging her from the window. I didn't even remember seeing that in the actual movie. I see it in the trailer on IMDb, but I don't remember seeing that at all. It's a great, it's a very effective shot. So like the cinematography in this is on point. Mm. Uh, It's just a lot of the other parts I have issue with and it it ruined a, what could have been a good movie, unfortunately. Potential, definitely yes. potential here. But yes. I mean, for a directorial debut, it's Pretty it's not damn too bad good for a directorial debut. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know how much more I really have to say about it. Well, I guess what I don't have anything left to say about okay. it. Okay. So that does it for our review for the rental. That brings us to the judgment. As always, it needs to be unanimous decision whether or not goes on KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle, starring Dan Stevens, and mm. Handmaiden, uh, starring <laughs> not Dan Stevens. And, uh, Glenn, this was your pick, so you get to go first. Does the rental go into the KFR shelf? Um, sadly, I do not think it do. Uh, for the most part, like I said earlier, it, it was decent. Um, the ending kind of ruins it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there, there should have been maybe another character as well to help with it. But I don't know how they yeah. would have done that, or at least more screen time with Reggie, because that would have been pretty cool. Dave Miss- Stevens, show some fucking close-ups of the dog guy. Man, you are not putting respect on his name at all. Da- Dan, Dave Franco, what the fuck am I doing, Dave Franco? <laughs> oh my god, I'm tired because I didn't nap. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would agree. I would say that the ending really kind of ruins it. I, I, you know, even if the ending was good, I don't think it would have made it on. It's just there's a yeah. lot wrong with it. But like you said, great for a directorial debut. Uh, people should definitely check it out and make their own opinion. But for me, it does not go into the shelf either. Well, here's here's another thing that didn't oh. help at all. I just kind of thinking about it. For this was like a weekend getaway, and they didn't do fuck all all weekend except for do drugs. <laughs> well, if they didn't feel guilty about having a, having an affair, they would have gone on that beautiful hike. You would have expected some type of yeah. You know, so activities. That, that just goes to show you affairs ruin vacations. So uh, yeah, <laughs> keep it in your pants. Masturbate. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not in the hot tub. Yeah, no, definitely not in the hot tub. That's first of all, especially if it's not your hot tub. <laughs> but uh, if you want to have any guests in there, don't. Just yeah. don't. Yeah. So <laughs> the rental does not make it on the KFR show for the likes of Apostle starring Dan Stevens mm-hmm. and The Handmaiden. Uh, that brings us to our assignment for next week. It is Streaming Roulette Week. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Streaming Roulette, we sp- spin a very real wheel three times that has all the movies that we subscribe to through services and whatnot uh, available on it. It's a very real wheel the size of Rhode Island. We spin it three times and we pick the one. Uh, the that we find the most interest in out of all those. So without mm-hmm. any further ado, here comes the first spin. Why is it taking forever? Oh, that was a good spin. Uh, hold on, let me. Uh, I can't. 
Oh, there we go. Oh, okay. Hero uh, Dreams of Sushi. Or Jiro? Gyro? Jiro? Dreams is a documentary. Uh, that is going to be on Amazon Prime. Uh, a documentary on 85-year-old sushi master Jiro Ono. Uh, his renowned Tokyo restaurant and his relationship with his son and eventual heir, Yoshikazu. Yoshikazu, uh, directed by David Gelb, starring Jiro Uno, uh, Yoshikazu Ono, uh, Marishuri. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Masuhiro Yamamoto. Uh, this guy looks so and, wholesome. I would love to have his sushi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from what I hear, this is a very wholesome documentary. Uh, so that's going to be on Amazon Prime. Seven point eight out of ten on IMDb. Seventy-seven Metacritic score. Uh, Jiro, Jiro. I, I don't know what the J's are pronounced in in Japan. I actually uh, don't know either. Dreams of Sushi. That is going to be on Amazon Prime. That was our first movie. Here comes spin number two. Hasin Del Ruba. That is on Netflix. That's on Netflix. Uh, 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb. It looks like it's probably a Bollywood movie or something uh, similar from that region. Uh, Under investigation as a suspect in her husband's murder. Ooh. A wife reveals details of their thorny marriage that seem to only further blur the truth. Directed by Vinil Matthew. uh, Written by Kanika Dillon. Starring, again, I apologize ahead of time, Tapsi Panu, Vikrant Masi, uh, Harsh Fadan Rana, uh, Aditya, and Aditya Srivastav. Um, so that is Hasin Dilruba on Netflix. That is our second option. And here comes the final spin. Tell me who I am. It's not bad. Everything after 2010 is also on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, 7.6 out of 10. That is also a documentary, it looks like. Uh, after losing his memory in an accident, Alex Lewis trusts his twin brother Marcus to tell him about the past, only to discover that he's hiding a dark secret about their childhood. Hmm. Uh, that doesn't seem like a documentary, but it might be. It's not. <laughs> yeah. But, oh. Maybe it's like a documentary style. Oh, you know what? It looks like a movie that is... Uh, you know, it uses a lot of dramatizations in it. Yeah. Uh, it's directed by Ed Perkins, starring Andrew Kiley, uh, Alex Lewis, Marcus Lewis, who are the two brothers in real life, and Evan Milton. Uh, that, again, is going to be on Netflix. We have some really good options this week. Yeah. So tell... I'm like, I want to watch all of them, but I, not at the same week. <laughs> I, yeah, I do want to say the two that intrigue me the most are the first two. Um, De La Ruba Hasin and actually Dezu. seems like a pretty good story, and I was looking at the little trailer for the IMDb. Yeah, it, it actually looked pretty good. Let me see where this is from because I I know it's been a while since we've done a Bollywood movie, but, but yeah, also it's from, it's from India. So you, I, however you pronounce Jiro or, or Gyro or Hiro, um, that looks really good and wholesome. Yeah, and I'd love to watch a little documentary about sushi. Yeah. I am torn. I'm also trying to find out how to pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. It is Jiro, but in a pronunciation I can't do because I'm a dumb American. <laughs> Got it. Uh, but it is a, it is the hard J. Um, I don't know. I'm split between those two the most. Okay. So that, uh, that at least knocks one off of my list at least. Not that the other one doesn't look good, but... The funny thing is, Tell Me Who I Am was the one I was most intrigued with. Oh. But after that, it is... I mean, I also want to see Hasin Dilruba. I want to see all of them. 
but Juro Dreams of Sushi is my second, so maybe we should just go just go with that. If that's what you want to do. Yeah, let's go with that. So Jiro Dreams of Sushi is going to be our assignment for next week. Uh, that, again, is on Amazon Prime. Mm. Yes. ずっとまあ、親さんがやっていければそれでいいんですけれども、そうはいかないですから、いつかは交代しなきゃいけないですから。そこまで協力までいけば完璧かもわかんないけど、じゃあこの協力はどこかっていうとわかんないわけですよ